It seems like it's been 40 weeks since you got 40 winks. Your back pain? Unbearable. Tossing, turning, trying to find that pain-free position. And that's the moment you realize you can't spend another waking moment putting off treatment. The Joint and Spine Center is Cincinnati's leading destination for spine care with a ton of surgical and non-surgical treatments for back pain. So when a moment has the power to change the rest of your life, go to the one place with the power to change it for the better, the Christ Hospital Health Network. This changes everything. I want to lose weight, but I don't know how to get started. What should I meal prep every week? How do I get those sweet booty gains? Inspiration for your healthy lifestyle. You can pound this. The Pound This Podcast with Amanda Valentine. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Pound This Podcast. This is an In Case You Missed It episode uh, with my interview with Tony Horton. So if you have listened to the previous interview I did with Tony Horton, this is the same thing. But you guys... It's Christmas week. <laughs> I, I'm on vacation. I got some. I got some things to do. Don't worry. January is rocking and rolling. But if you missed this Tony Horton interview, I wanted you to hear it. And in this interview, Tony has some amazing advice. I think he's so awesome. And we talk about the Kroger Wellness Your Way Festival in this podcast because we had this recorded this before the festival happened. And then I did his workout at the Wellness Your Way Festival, which was amazing and intense. And then afterwards, it was so awesome. Um, so even though we had recorded a podcast together, it's, he's Tony Horton. He doesn't know who I am. And I wasn't there as a podcaster or a radio broadcaster or as anything. I was there a person attending his class. And he did a Q&A afterwards. And people were just raising their hands and answering questions. And so I was like, oh, my God, I hope he answers my question. And they asked, the, they're like, okay, one more question. And they asked this, this little girl. And this little girl asked a very cute question. And they're like, okay, okay, one more. And I had just like hand up in the air and just luckily they chose me and they're like okay what's your question and I was like Tony will you arm wrestle me and he's like yeah come on up here so I got to go up on stage and freaking arm wrestle Tony Horton which was amazing he let me win not fair I think I could have totally kicked his ass <laughs> not really but um you can see that picture it's up on my Instagram at you can pound this and then it was picked up by like in touch weekly and us weekly and in style and like all of these like magazines like at least the online version posted a picture of me arm wrestling tony horton oh my god what an amazing year (laughs) so this is the interview i had with tony horton in case you missed it it's great he's awesome here we go well i'm super excited to talk to you well, I hope I tell you everything you ever wanted to know about everything. Oh, well, I have to let you know that you have personally uh, just destroyed me before because I did P90X3 multiple times. And uh, even though I, you I, said not to I, skip I, the yoga days, I skipped some yoga days. <laughs> uh, it happened. And it seems to be the one that skipped the most. The most important one is skip the most. I don't know. We have an aversion toward, you know, isometric uh, moves that uh, make us sort of uh, – examine that moment you know and that's that's the beauty of yoga yeah i just feel like i stretching feels so uncomfortable which is why i should do it but that yeah. and i just yeah. don't so i'm glad that i'm i'm not alone though as soon as you were saying everybody skips this I'm like okay cool i'm not the only one that yeah, wants to bounce do. <laughs> the, the fun of doing yoga in your home by yourself or whatever i mean the p90x3 is a half an hour but that 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 original p90x is an hour and a half that's a heck of a commitment you know you got to be a real fitness aficionado at that point but but i do i put it there because i know the benefits of it so 
Um, and I have to go to a class. I, it's very difficult for me, except for maybe 10 minutes in the morning just to kind of get my body going. But but uh, that full hour and a half kind of traditional Hatha flow, yeah, I got to go to a class to do that. Oh, yeah. So out of everything that you've created, what's your personal favorite workout? I'm a, I'm a chest and back freak. I, I just love pushing and pulling. You know, I climbed trees as a kid and I really enjoyed that, you know, and so I – I was terrible at push-ups initially. I'm sorry, pull-ups initially. And I was just determined to get better at them. You know, like everybody kind of finds their groove, whether it's martial arts or spinning class or whatever. <clears throat> a lot of people love Pilates and yoga. That's kind of their thing. But just seeing how many darn pull-ups I can do. And, you know, I'm a, I've got ropes and pegboards and ninja courses in my backyard. For some reason, I gravitate to that. I'm not really even quite sure why. But partly, partly because I'm pretty good at it now, where I wasn't before. See, that's a mission for me because I've never been able to do an unassisted pull-up. So I'm working there. I'm trying to get there where I, I do the assisted pull-up machine like before every single workout I do just to try to train myself to get there. And I I just can't. Like, I'm not going to say can't. Uh, not yet. <laughs> can't yet. Yeah. You, you can't. You just said the word yet. And then you're, you know, then you get, uh, you get a break. You know, the thing about, about, you know, one of the things I say often is the more you do, the better you get, right? So if you've got a weakness, the best way to improve upon it is just to dig down and do that more. And, you know, I always tell folks, you want to get better at pull-ups, then then do three sets in the morning and three sets at night uh, every day, except for days where you have pull-ups scheduled in your workout. And that you're, you'll improve immensely, you know. So let's say for three weeks, you do three and three. And then for four, the next three weeks, you do four and four. And for the next three weeks, you do five in the morning and five at night then you'll be pretty good at pull-ups because you just have practiced it so often. Yeah, see, I feel for for me personally, I feel like I've had so many years of, I mean, my personal story is I've lost 117 pounds and after yo-yo dieting and stuff forever. So pull-ups remind me of like presidential fitness challenge when I was a kid when I was not into fitness at all. So I have like all these like years of not doing anything and now I'm like playing catch up and trying to retrain my body how to do more intense sort of stuff. So uh, I'm I'm learning slowly to do more things. I just started like lifting on my own this year. So I'm getting there, baby stepping. Well, 117 pounds is incredible. That's amazing. You must feel like you can fly every day you wake up. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a me, big difference. <laughs> I was just 98-pound weakling, you know, so I was a skinny little ectomorph who had two left feet, had no, you know, lung capacity whatsoever, couldn't play full-court basketball without feeling like I was going to throw up, you know, so, and I was just weak as a chicken. I mean, I, on the presidential fitness test, I was good at sit-ups for some reason. I could do that because I was kind of skinny and scrawny, but, you know, I think, I remember they had, a, they had dips as one of the possible things you could do. And I couldn't do one, you know, it's like so fun to get in front of your whole gym class and get up there and not be able to do oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, it's like, Oh my God, look at you. You know, so, you know, junior high school and high school. So awesome that way. Not, but, uh, yeah, so, I, I don't, 117 pounds is amazing. Oh, thank you. So how did you get from that point to becoming like the fitness guy that you couldn't even, you know, do a dip and now you, everyone knows who you are and is associated with fitness. Um, you know, toward the end of, of, uh, high school, the summer, actually the summer between high school and college, I got into, uh, some personal development books that I hadn't ever been exposed to before. They were fairly new at that point in 1979, 1980, you know, guys like Andrew Weil and Deepak Chopra and Tony Robbins, you know, they were, I think, I don't even think Tony Robbins was around yet back then, but 
I read, I think it was Andrew Weil's book, uh, Looking Out for Number One uh, was the name of the book. And then I got into the next one and the next one. The next one was uh, Your Erroneous Zones. <laughs> it's funny that I even remember that. But, but uh, you know, it just gave me a new perspective about how to approach life, you know, when it came to finances and career and relationships and and being in the moment and not being so attached to the outcome and, uh, you know, learning how to use your breath as a means to sort of relax and, and, and focus better. I mean, all kinds of things. You know, this is way before I was doing yoga or Pilates or even meditation. But it was just a, a look at, at how you can be a better human being. And then shortly after that, you know, I moved out to California from Rhode Island, Connecticut area. And I fell, I fell right into the, the fitness culture out here. It, it, it's different. It was at least back in the you know, end of the 70s, early 80s, um, you know, there was a gym in every corner here. There was no such thing on the East Coast. The only gyms that you would find would be at the high school or at the at the university. There weren't gyms or clubs that you could join. That just didn't exist. That came years and years later on the East Coast, but they already had that here. So I joined a bodybuilding gym. I joined an aerobics kind of a gym. I joined another one, mostly for social purposes, just to kind of, I felt it was a better way to meet people than going to clubs at night. And not that I didn't go to clubs at night, because I did, but but, um, you know, when you're meeting people and they're sober and they're exercising and everybody has sort of a similar um, outlook in life, I, I just gravitated to that lifestyle. And um, and then, you know, I was I had every odd job. And you can imagine I was a pantomime at the pier. I had, you know, I was a street performer back in Rhode Island. And so I that's how I earned money some days when I was completely out of it. And, um, you know, just I get twenty five dollars so I could eat Cheerios and yogurt for three days for breakfast, lunch and dinner. I mean, that's that's how you know, hand to mouth I was. And I was a waiter and I was a bartender and I was a carpenter and I was a terrible plumber. And, you know, I mean, I just figured it out. Um, but at the same time, you know, I was playing volleyball on the beach and, and going to the gym and skiing in the local mountains and playing tennis and golf and, and just being active that way. Because the weather out here is very conducive for that. You know, I mean, it's sunny here 322 days out of the year. And so uh, you're either in the gym or you're outside having fun with your friends. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I, I I got a job at 20th Century Fox, and I was a, a PA, a production assistant there at, at the, on the Fox lot. And I was working for uh, this gal trying to make movies. Uh, Julia Phillips was her name. She did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, The Sting with R Redford Newman, and, and Taxi Driver with uh, Robert De Niro. So I was lucky enough to be able to get that that gig. And her partner at that time was a guy who was struggling with his fitness. I started training him and. Oh, about eight months later, he introduced me to Tom Petty. I didn't even know what I was doing. I wasn't certified. I was just, I just got myself in great shape. My boss noticed. I started training him. I helped him lose 40 plus pounds. And he's walking down the hall of East End Management. And there's Tom Petty walking down the hall in the opposite direction. And Tom says, hey, Harlan. His name is Harlan Goodman. He said, hey, Harlan. You he was from Gainesville, Tom. <laughs> you, look, you look great. I'm fat. I'm going on tour. And then Harlan gave me a. Uh, gave Tom my number and then Tom called and my roommate hung up on him because why would Tom Petty be calling my apartment? There's no reason for that. And so he called back and said, I think we got disconnected. And then um, two days later, I was at his house and I trained him. I had him for four months and I got him in phenomenal shape and he went off on tour and he was wearing tank tops and vests, sleeveless vests. You know, <laughs> no one had ever seen him look like that or perform at that level. And so then the phone just rang, ran off the hook. You know, it was Tom Petty after the, I mean, uh, Billy Idol after that and Annie Lennox from the Arrhythmics and Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and Stevie Nicks and um, Sean Connery and Shirley MacLaine and Allison Janney and Rob Lowe and uh, Jason Sheff from the band Chicago. And, 
you know, so I was running around town keeping rock and roll from the 70s alive there for a while. So, Man, that had know, to be that, crazy at that point. Were you just like, I can't believe this is my life? No, I mean, it just sort of happened so slowly and gradually. I, Tom Petty was the big, you know, mind blower initially. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm all these gold records on the wall in this beautiful home and hanging out with this. You know, he was at the peak of his career at that point, too. And um, and then, you know, when Billy Idol called, I was just as scared and nervous. And, you know, I met him and that was, you know, I trained Billy for about 17 years. And then, you know, Bruce Springsteen and the others, um, you know, first time I trained Bruce, I was scared to death, even though I had, I had some celebrity type clients just because he's the boss, you know. And yeah. An incredible. And, you know, you discover after 15 minutes of spending time with him that he's just one of the nicest, most sincere, incredible people you ever met. And you go, oh, OK, now I understand why you're so, so famous and so talented because you're. You're humble and normal, you know what I mean? And not everybody was like that, but most of them were. You know, but I was acting too at the time. I, I was a young actor going on commercial auditions and, and the occasional theatrical audition. And I didn't work very much as an actor, but I got very familiar in front of a camera, very comfortable. And then I started working for Nordic Track, you know, and that, which was a, you know, they were out of Minneapolis. So I'd fly to Minneapolis out of LA. And I was one of the few guys that was a trainer who could also read a teleprompter and walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, so that was just sort of a, you know, I mean, people go, well, what was a sudden moment? Well, it was a sudden 10 year time frame, really, uh, of just trial and error and falling down and getting back up and meeting new people and going to acting class and doing stand up comedy and showing up to, to, to gigs and sometimes doing well and sometimes not. And, and here I am today, you know, several decades later. So are you doing any personal training with people like that anymore? Or are you just, you know, doing your P90X and just chilling out? <laughs> well, you know, I've had a 22 relationship with uh, your relationship with Beachbody. So the first thing we did was something called Great Body Guaranteed and then Power 90 and P90X and X2 and X3 and 22 Minute Hardcore and Double Time and, you know, and a bunch of other ones in between. So, you know, I, I usually knock out about a, a new program with them. I don't know, about every 14 months or something like that. And that's the time frame it takes from, from, you know, from just an idea to a, an actual program. But, you know, here I am, I'm 60 now and um, I'm looking to expand into other areas. I have a t-shirt company, TH Apparel. I have a, uh, a skin and hair care line, five products that I sell on my our website and online called TH Care. And then I've, you know, also dabbled in, in home delivery food stuff and called TH Kitchen. And, you know, and now, you know, my relationship with Beachbody is sort of more um, as an ambassador for, for the organization. You know, we'll see if I develop another program with them anytime soon. I'd like to, but, but there's nothing in the works. And then, you know, doing some uh, corporate wellness, you know, really helping large organizations uh, improve the, co- the, the, the health and wellness of the people within their organization, you know, to bring down ca- healthcare costs and, you know, improve productivity and and all the things that come with regular exercise and a better diet, that's that's a really new, interesting area, which, you know, there's nothing before, you know, I, whatever, whatever I did with Beachbody made me famous, whatever the heck that's supposed to be. I mean, fame is pretty lame, really, when you think of all the things that are important in the world. Um, but you get recognized, and that's nice, and so you end up having nice conversations with nice people like you as a result. You know, everything else I'll be doing going forward is sort of under the radar, which, you know, at this point in my life going forward is okay with me. But it's got to be pretty awesome that you're leaving this legacy of helping people get healthier and living better lives. I mean, that you were a part of my process of changing my entire life around and being healthy. And I'm sure hearing that from a lot of people of like, you help change me for the better has just got to be insane. 
Well, you know, I think, you know, people say, well, what is your purpose? And I said, my purpose is to help other people find theirs. I found my purpose through physical fitness and, and eating healthier foods, you know. And so, you know, I'm, I was a C minus student with a speech impediment who never graduated from college. So, you know, on paper, that's not very impressive, really, you know, but physical activity, you know, everybody's familiar with the with the, the effects of physical activity, especially now you read like John, John Rady's book, Spark, and, you know, his whole his whole the science behind you know, raising the heart rate, which increases blood flow to the lungs, which ends up in your brain that affects the hippocampus, the dentate gyrus, uh, things like norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, brain derived neurotropic factor, these things that are released inside of the brain that allow you to be a happier, more productive human being without having to go to grad school. You, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just that your determination rate goes way up if you're, rec- if you're eating right and exercising right. Uh, exercising regularly, um, then it just kind of changes who you are. And that's what happened to me. And so when I, you know, when I disseminate that stuff to others, they discover the same thing that I discovered, you know, 30 plus years ago. Um, and that's awesome. I mean, I get in my, on my, in my inbox daily, uh, stories about various people whose lives have made a complete 180 degrees purely because they were working out in their basement to one of my programs. So, so, you know, when you're in your little lair making your thing, right, you're doing your project and you know it works because you've tested it. You've had people in test groups and, you know, having done this for years and years, I understand the importance of of what we called in P90X muscle confusion, which is really a, a made up term. It's just a term that, that that's saying, hey, we're going to do different things in this program. We're going to do some Pilates. We're going to do some yoga. We're going to do some core. We're going to do some proprioceptive stuff. We're going to do some weight training and some body weight training. And we're going to just keep you guessing, you know, for 90 plus days. And that's ultimately how you prevent boredom, injuries, and plateaus. So most people can't, don't succeed at the level they'd like to because of boredom, because they get hurt, and because they stop seeing results after a while. And so, you know, it's not rocket scientists. I mean, Jack Lane was doing this, some form of that called periodization training years ago. But everybody's gotten so specialized. You know, if you go online, like, like there are people who just spin, people who just do yoga, or people who just bodybuild. And you're going to, you know, you're going to suffer from one of those three things. And so when you add that variety, there's a greater hood, greater likelihood that you'll continue to see results for for years and decades, even though you're getting older, because you're doing a variety of things. You're not just doing you're not just going to spinning class week after week after week, expecting, you know, a different result. I mean, even Einstein said that was insane. You know, so so that's all I've done and that's all I continue to do. And so any program that I've ever created gives people that level of variety. Of course, I add my humor to it a little bit because, you know, exercise is hard enough. Let's not make it serious for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and, and then showing up, you know, I mean, it, it's the other three, the other three things that are critical and that people don't have in place are a purpose, a plan and accountability. So if your reason is so steadfast, so locked in, so important uh, for you as a human being above and beyond the aesthetic and your ego, the tape measure, the scale, the compliments from other people because that's what you're looking for or dress sizes or, or you know, uh, the circumference of your waist. If you get past that, which is how the almost the entire industry is still selling health and wellness. They sell it on your ego. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to get you to buy something with the hope that you're going to look differently in the future, which is, geez, that's just, ugh. That's just a, an unknown I don't want to deal with. I think a lot of people are learning that it's about the quality of your life, you know, five minutes into the workout, toward the end of the workout, when the workout's over. You're going to get those benefits for 24 hours until your next workout. 
You know what I mean? You're just going to feel better and have more confidence and sleep better, improve your sex life, improve your memory, your cognition. These are the things that come from physical movement. You could know, be in the worst world and the worst mood in the world and go on a five mile run and come out and going, I feel better. There's not one class I've ever taught where at the end of the class, I ask everybody, how do you feel now compared to how you felt when you started? And it's 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 a 180 degree change. How do you feel when you blow off your workout on a particular day? You feel horrible. You know, it's like not eating or not sleeping or not going to work. You're going to get in trouble. Most people are just surviving. They're just going from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And then when you exercise and you eat right, you're not just surviving, you're thriving. And so you have to decide if you have the willpower, the discipline, the work ethic to figure out where to place that in your day. And when you sit down to your meals a day, whether they're three to five meals a day, looking down at that plate and wondering whether your great, great, great grandparents recognize what the heck you're eating. And it ain't Doritos and Red Bull. It just isn't, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that you can't have those things once in a while because life's too short. Right. I mean, you don't want to be a robot about it. I mean, the reason why most people fail in their diet program is because, you know, they go from all to nothing or they go from eating whatever to being vegan. You know, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to start this week. No, not going to work for you. You know what I mean? Gradually, carefully making sure that you have a purpose and a plan and accountability that that works so that you that you succeed. So if you there are- you go. There's- Okay. There's my Meg speech right there. <laughs> well, it was a good one. Take my money. Nah, don't get me started. <laughs> I am 100% with you because I've, I've been that person that did so many crash diets and I would, I've lost 60 pounds and gained it back. And I lost 40 pounds and gained it back. And I just had the wrong why. And I just had to fail a bunch of times to learn what I was doing wrong to be on the right path. And I feel like that once you kind of look at it that way and you figure out why you're really doing this and it has to be for good reasons other than I'm going to be hot, uh, then I think that <laughs> kind of unlocks it because that it's the wrong motivation of, you know, being hot. Who cares? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it depends on you have to you have to realize that one size doesn't fit all. For some people, hotness is enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wow. I'm slim. I'm trim. I've never looked this way before. It's given me tons of confidence. I have more energy and all the things that come with just being smaller uh, like you. You're, I mean, think of who you are now, 117 pounds lighter than you were. You know, that alone, that's, you know, I used to say, hey, that's not important. It is kind of part of the equation. You know, for me, I like walking around with a six pack. I like being striated and muscular and vascular. You know, these are if I if I was super fit and I didn't have those things, I would be kind of bummed out, you know, so I wouldn't lie to you about that. Um, but in the end, you know, you've got to keep the big picture in your in the back of your mind. And that is ultimately I want to be a healthy, happy human being. And that comes from exercising as five days a week, you know, five or six days a week, three and four days a week is, you know, you might as well throw yourself down a set of stairs. The four days off compared to the three days on always wins. It's just such a long hideous battle where you don't really see the kind of results that you want. And you end up with what I call exercise bipolar disorder, right? You've released all those really great positive chemicals and you take two days off and you can't figure out why you're so depressed. You know, I have a, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who he is, David. Um, <laughs> but you know, David's like, man, I'm in such a funk. I said, how many times did you work out this week? Once I go, hello, hello. How'd you feel the day you worked out? Awesome. I mean, what? I mean, hello, this is math, man. I mean, if you know you got a really strenuous, a, a stress, stressful job, and you know you're, you know he's got a little knee thing that he's recovering from, but he's got a perfectly good leg and two other good arms and a good core. There's always some form of movement. Like people will use a, a broken pinky finger as an excuse to take three months off. It's just, 
it's just silly. You know, you got to you got to figure out a way. If there's a will, there's a way. And if you want to feel good today and you want to be productive today, then you work out today. I mean, yesterday for me, you know, I have this thing called um, uh, bilateral vestibular hypofunction that I that I'm still suffering from as a result of having um, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. So Ramsey Hunt syndrome is getting shingles in your ear. Of all the places you get shingles, it's the last place you want it because it affects your gyroscope in your ear, your taste, your smell, your balance, you're nauseous, you can't eat, you lose weight, you just feel like you're, you know, you have stage four cancer. It's, it's, and it went on for months and months and months. And the after effect is this, is this balance issue where some days I just feel like I'm a drunken sailor on a cruise ship in a hurricane, right? So, so, you know, and I, I forced myself to go on this run. It's a normally a six mile run, but we, we got lost. It was dark. We ended up running eight miles in the dark. <laughs> You know, not the whole time, but the second half of the run, we're like, I can't see. Can you? Oh, my God, we're going to trip and fall. And after that run, I mean, I felt pretty beat up. But I know for a fact that my level of energy and the fact that I feel better today is a result of having gone on that run, even though I didn't really want to at the time. So and that requires discipline. My purpose is locked in. My plan is Wednesdays I go for a run. It's on the calendar. It's what I do. Right. And um and the accountability comes from having, you know, made a phone call to a friend and we did it together. That that's how I do it. I mean, it's it's um, it's tenuous at times, but but I but you know, a lot of people don't even have that in play. And if they don't, it's no shock that they go from silly diet to silly diet and lose some weight and feel good about themselves for five minutes. All of a sudden they start craving ice cream and want to have, a you know, a couple glasses of tequila or something. So. You know, I mean, that up and down thing is more strenuous on your on your organs and your heart and your lungs and your brain than just kind of slow and steady, you know. So but I mean, here we are 2018 and we're still having these conversations and most people are still making the same mistakes they were making 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So so if we're talking directly to those people that are making those mistakes, what would your biggest pieces of advice be? Wow. Well, you know, it's I, I would say. I would say that you want to get a piece of paper and you want to get a big old legal piece of pad and you want to write a line down the center of it. And on the left, you're going to write why. And on the right, you're going to write why not. <laughs> you know, why? No, I, I, you know, why not? So on the right side, you know, I don't like exercise. I don't like sweating. I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, uh, I'm perfectly comfortable, uh, you know, which is a lie about, you know, my health and wellness right now. Um, you know, and then on the other side, why? I would look better. I would feel better. I'd be more productive. I'd be a better father. I'd be more productive at work. I'd be less of a, a burden on the healthcare system. Uh, there'd be things and adventures and places and travel I could I could go and do that I can't do now. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. Your why and your why not list. Everybody who writes it discovers that their why list is much longer than their why not list, and your why list requires effort and discipline and willpower and some kind of work ethic and accountability and a purpose and a plan. Your why not side of the list requires nothing. <laughs> Just you continuing to do nothing and and pretending that's okay. And so uh, that would be my first uh, piece of advice. And that's scary to do, you know? What do you want out of your life? What do you want? I mean, you know, how if you're in your... 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, then you have a completely different why, my, my guess is, you know. And uh, at my age, at 60 years old, um, I, I have to do this because I, I love to ski hard. I love to train hard. 
You know, I love climbing ropes, going up pegboards, going through ninja courses. I love, you know, you know, running hills and doing things that I was doing 30 years ago. And if I take four, five, six days off, oh my God, it's like I took two months off. So it's kind of like air and, and hydration and shelter for me. You know, it's, it's as, it's more important than all the rest because I don't want to just, I know what it's like to just be in that survival place. It sucks. It's not, there's no there there, you know, it's just like everybody else, not interested. I want to thrive and I want to continue to get better. I'm, I'm meeting with a guy in a couple of weeks uh, who teaches handstands. You know, that's what his thing. He's like this. He loves inversions. He loves headstands and handstands. And I, I can't wait to meet with him to help him improve the quality of my handstand at age 60. So, you know, whatever I'm doing isn't working well enough, partly because I'm not working on it enough. I, you know, on the, on the pull-ups, oh, my God, every day I was doing pull-ups on handstands. I'm doing it twice a week. Of course, I'm not getting better. So I want to meet with the expert and have him tell me what to do. So when you're in Cincinnati for the Kroger Wellness Your Way Festival, I'm going to I'm going to be going doing your workout, which I'm super excited about. Are we going to be doing handstands and pull-ups or yoga? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no. No, cuz we're going to be in an open space and all we will have is hopefully a decent floor. I don't I don't I'm not quite sure of the surface. I'm hoping that it's a carpet. If it's cement or something, then I'm going to have to alter alter the workout. Um, but it's a, it's a hybrid of a 22 minute hardcore routine, um, that I do if, for example, we're on cement or, or pavement or something. I mean, I did a version of this workout on the USS Midway down in San Diego, which is if you've ever been on the deck of an aircraft carrier, that is not a place you want to work out. So there aren't a whole lot of burpees. There aren't a whole lot of, there's no pull-ups. There's uh, a little bit of yoga in the beginning to warm you up, to get the body ready and prepared. Um, but it's fun and I'm going to give everybody not one, not two, but three different levels on every exercise and every sequence. So no matter who you are, whether you've been, you know, whether you're, uh, whether you've lost 117 pounds and fitness is part of who you are now, or you've never, you know, moved a day in your life, everybody's going to be able to participate. So, and that's the way I like to operate. I don't want anybody to feel like they're left out. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it because I know I'm bringing, bringing a bunch of friends with me too. And we're like, Tony Horton's going to kick our butt. <laughs> and we're all like, yes, we're excited about it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, you know, if you think about it, if I gave you one version of something hard, how discouraging would that be for, you know, 80% of the people who are participating? Oh, yeah. Like, what's he expecting me to do? So, you know, I'm just going to stand here while everybody else is doing a, you know, a, a, a spinning burpee move or something. You know, so, you know, what I'll do is I'll say, hey, look, uh, and, and this is an instructional thing as much as it is, as it is anything else. It's not going to be kind of this rapid fire. There's going to be significant downtime between moves to help people kind of gather themselves again. And, um, you know, there's a, uh, there's a very specific amount of repetitions per exercise. And um, you can do them all or not. You can go full range of motion or not. You can do the whole exercise all the way through or march in place or run in place for part of it. That, and I tell people that all the way through. So, you know, there's, there are these little moments where you feel like, oh, okay, I get a reprieve here. He's allowing me to, give, uh, to, to have a, a reprieve without feeling like I've got to be perfect all the way through. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you want my second piece of advice, stop being a perfectionist when it comes to this thing. Understand that when you're working on your diet or you're working on your program, you're going to have good days and bad. I still do. You know, yesterday's run was pathetic. I, I, was, I was so frustrated because I was, you know, I was dealing with this balance thing 
that I would sprint for a hundred steps. I would just count to a hundred. I count, you know, 10, 20, 30, and then I would walk for 50. And then I would sprint for a hundred and walk for 50. Normally I'm out there just sort of a regular, you know, good jogging pace, but it was rattling my head. And so, you know, I figured out a way to do something else. And the, the other version worked just fine. And I ended up sweating <laughs> more because I was running faster at times, you know, so I was doing more intervals than I was steady cardio, but yeah, well, you, know, you know, you have to adapt and, and I'll do that on the workout. You know, when you and your friends are there, I'll say, okay, here's version one, version two and version three, ready, set, go. Well, what's cool too is that we will be such a big group setting. Like when I did uh, P90X3, I went over to my friend Susie's house and we would do it together. So then, you know, we would coach each other and cheer each other on whenever we wanted to break and be like, uh, no, come on, you got this. So that's what's so awesome of like going to these festivals and stuff when you're just in a huge room with everybody that's cheering you on. Well, what's great is there is that collective energy in the room that sort of, you know, will help you. Um, up the ante a little bit. But at the same time, you don't want to get so caught up in that collective energy that you feel like you're comparis- comparison- oh, yeah. comparing yourself to the person left, right, and in front of you, right? So, you know, then I, I also say that, hey, forget about what's going on around you. Pretend you're in the house all by yourself. Nobody else is paying attention to what you're doing. Only you have to worry about that. And you do your thing, your way, and I'll instruct you. And, you know, before you know it, it'll be over and you'll feel a whole lot better when it's done. So outside of the workout, though, you're going to be doing like a panel and meet and greets and book signings and stuff, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be pretty active the entire time I'm there. So and I like that part. You know, I like, you know, just sort of shaking hands and saying hello to people and hearing their stories. You know, it's just amazing. And, you know, for example, I was in an event that Beachbody did their annual summit. And, and uh, so, I, you know, I walk in. The, the thing starts at eight. And of course, I get there about eight o'clock and it ends at midnight. Now, I don't have to be there till midnight. I can I could could have left at nine if I wanted to. But when a line forms and there's 300 people in line, you know, and they all want to say hello and shake your hand, I'm going to say that to the first 80 people in line and ignore the people at the end of the line. No, no, thank you. So at 1145 on that night, and I have to, I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do a super workout, which was, you know, a little bit crazy on my part, but whatever you hunker down because these people travel in from all around the country to say hello and tell you their story. And so I want to give them that opportunity because that's, you know, that's the right thing to do. And uh, so at 11.45, I met this gal who had, much like yourself, I think she lost 90 plus pounds. And she was with five of her friends. And they were all beach body coaches. And, you know, everybody had tears in their eyes. And they had waited forever in that line. And, you know, she told me her story and who she was and all her, all her, her trials and tribulations. And But she had been, I'm not sure if it was five or seven years. I know it was an odd number. That she had, after doing one of my programs, was fit and stayed that way and never had that experience before doing anything else. And so just 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 to be there and to hear that story and to meet her and to meet her friends. And these are five friends that were all coaches from other parts of the country. These are people that made these great connections who would have never met otherwise. You know, just to hang with them and take a bunch of pictures and shake their hand and say congratulations. That's I love that part. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And on the panels, it's going to be great, you know, because I'm very candid and uh, I don't have any. I'm not here to sell anything. I'm just here to tell you my my story and what I think is important for me at this stage of my life, and what I think it's important. What's important, much like we've talked about here in this in this call, um, you know. And I, it's just common sense stuff, but it does require, you know, it does require planning, and it does require purpose, and it does require require uh, accountability. And I think you know that's a message that's new to people. And I think it's all what's also new to people is understanding the fact that thriving requires healthy food and, and regular exercise. You can thrive other ways, you know, through other forms of success, but you know, you don't be able to, you don't, you're not 
as likely to enjoy it to the end of your life if unless you start making those changes, much like you did. Yeah, I just love your positive message. And I love that you wait in line for everybody to meet everyone. I mean, that sounds like something you picked up from Bruce Springsteen, where you were just talking earlier about how humble they are and, and how, you know, the secret to their success is that, you know, they kind of keep it real like that. And you're doing the exact same thing. So I think that's amazing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I was raised right about those types of things, you know, because there are a lot of times where, you know, I've been very disappointed by the people that I really loved and respected before I met them. And that there's nothing worse than, you know, you read their books or you see them in the in movies or, or you know, whatever you've ex, you know experienced them because they're famous, and then you meet them and go, oh, what a doorknob this person is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like ick, right? And not to say that I'm the you know that I have you know uh, that I'm full tilt, tons of energy, upbeat, twenty four seven. I mean, everybody has their downtime. But, you know, for me, like I, I know what this event is about and I know why I'm there. And, you know, it's not like I'm there for six months. I'm not in I'm not in the Mekong Delta. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just doing what I love, sharing that with people and hanging out with folks who, have, who, who will benefit and and or have benefited from what I've done. And so, you know, this I don't understand why when people have fame and money, they turn into they, they, they turn into jerks. It's just like, wow, like what? Isn't it easier just to be nice? I mean, maybe some people just aren't wired right. You know, I think fame and money sort of uh, exaggerates who they kind of already are already. You know what I mean? The fact that I get any attention at all from anybody is just amazing because I was such an insecure kid who had a very finite group of friends, right? So now, now it's nice to feel, you know, kind of important in the world and knowing that you had an impact in the world. And so knowing that, knowing that responsibility, it just feels like it's imperative just to really go out of your way for people, you know? Yeah. It just seems like right thing to do well bringing it back to the festival have you been to cincinnati before oh man uh well we almost moved to ashtabula in ohio when i was a kid but we didn't um but i've been to ohio but cincinnati you know here's the thing and this is embarrassing you know i i sometimes some years of my life i've been gone literally six months at a pop i do a lot with the military you know i've been to uh, kosovo i've been to japan twice i've been to south korea been to Germany, been to England, you know what I mean? And so when you're working with Armed Forces Entertainment and the, and the Pentagon, mi- mixed in with corporate jobs and Beachbody events, you know, it becomes a blur after a while. And so I don't know. I don't think I have. <laughs> well, <laughs> you'd remember honest. the chili if you'd been here. If you've had Cincinnati-style uh, chili, I think that you would remember it. Oh, uh, well, I won't forget this time. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if cinnamon <laughs> chili is in your diet plan. Nah, I mean, no, I mean, I'll have a dabble. I mean, you know, the taste is nothing wrong with the taste. I'm not, I'm not a Nazi about it anymore. Like I used to be, you know, I'm just, I just try to eat things that are recognizable. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I stay away from alcohol. I stay away from most dairy. I stay away from, you know, candy and desserts and soda and, you know, the, the things that most people, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I eat paleo meals and vegan meals and flexitarian meals and pescatarian meals and vegetarian meals. And Chinese meals and Indian meals and Irish meals and I eat, you know, and so I when I for my present philosophy when it comes to eating food is, you know, I mean, there's certain versions of that stuff that are healthier than others. But I, I, I just like now there's ketotarian. I mean, holy smokes, okay. man, we're just trying to come up with every bizarro combination. And maybe some of those philosophies work really well for people. But I for me, I recognize when something I'm doing doesn't work. And so I stop. Like yogurt, for example, I used to love yogurt and yogurt was healthy and I got the ones with low sugar and I'd add my own fruit, but I always had my stomach just didn't 
you know, like, ah, I'm loving the process of eating it. And I know the benefits. I've read the benefits, but I feel bloated afterwards. So, you know, boom, I gave up yogurt. But that's not everybody. Some people have tremendous benefits from yogurt and and eat it every day. I was talking about my friend yesterday. He goes, I, I don't know who I'd be without my morning yogurt every day, my friend Scott. So just, you know, recognizing it, not getting caught up in the trends and, and uh, you know, I mean, I've been vegan and I've been just vegetarian and I've, I never was really full on paleo, but, you know, I got off of bread completely and I went, no. And then I read about, you know, carb cycling and how that the body burns more fat if there is a, you know, a certain amount of carbohydrates. Uh, I don't have celiac issues, you know, so, but I know that when I have a big old thing of pancakes in the morning, I can't move for three hours afterward, you know what I mean? So it's all about sort of figuring out the formula listening to your body after you eat something, recognizing that that's probably your number one indicator on whether it's good for you or not. Um, and then that's kind of the way I am now about the food. So if you're so, going to do a big splurge meal, what would your go-to be? That's so embarrassing. I was interviewed by the by uh, Daily Mail the other day, and I told him it was a, uh, you know, a thin crust, multigrain, gluten-free pizza with uh, no cheese and extra vegetables, you know. <laughs> kind of, you know... Um, I don't even eat ice cream anymore, which is, I'm so boring. It's unbelievable. Uh, I'll have a burger. Like once in a while, I'll just go off and I'll have a ham burger. I mean, I won't go to a fast food place. I won't eat any of those ever. But I'll have a, you know, a really, you know, nice uh, artesian roll with a grass fed beef with some, you know, uh, hothouse tomatoes, some arugula and some uh, avocado. And, and grilled onions. Forget about it. Or I'll have a, I'll fire through some, um, I don't really eat French fries anymore, but, but I will have a sweet potato fries, even though they're probably not a whole lot better since they're fried. But yeah, I'll eat a handful of those and go yippee-yay, you know? <laughs> yeah, I get, I've learned with a lot of that stuff that, you know, I used to just die and wait to the day I could have a cheat meal or whatever. And now whenever I eat stuff like that, it makes me feel like such garbage that I'm cool with kind of staying away from it. And yeah, whenever I do a splurge meal, it tends to be something that's on the healthier end just so I don't feel like crab. Exactly right. Yeah. I have, I'll have really healthy versions of, of not so healthy food. And you know, those are far and uh, few and far between typically. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Kroger Wellness Your Way Festival. I hope we get a chance to like actually meet and take a picture. So I'm going to stalk you a little well, bit. <laughs> I'm up to the stage and just say hello. Um, I see your photo here. I know this is audio only, but I, you know, I, uh, blonde bangs looking pretty fit. Um, yeah, come on up and say hello and we'll take a picture and shake hands and and uh, this has been fun. These are great questions. Thank you. A lot of times I do interviews and it's like, what are you asking me? Uh, <laughs> Amanda, you're good. You're good at what you do. Oh, well, thank I really you. I appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to send people your way? Anything you want to promote? Well, you know, I don't need, I mean, if you want to know where I am, what I'm up to after Cincinnati, you can go to TonyHortonLife.com. Uh, I have a yoga ski retreat in Jackson Hole coming up. I've got a huge event in San Diego next August called the uh, Paragon Experience. It'll be 600 people. It's going to be an amazing, great speakers. Uh, I don't know if it's on the website yet because it's almost about a year away. Um, but I, I'm just I'm ex ex really excited about this event. I'm I'm honored 
uh, that I've been invited to be there. It's the first ever, and I know there'll be many more to come. And I think this is sort of going to be a breakthrough event. Um, the Wellness Your Way idea that Kroger is sponsoring is, is brilliant. And uh, when I get there, I'm going to bring it, and we're going to have some fun. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure that I'm as available to to be, to, uh, to participate in as many things as I can. So if you're listening to this, come up, say hello. I, don't be afraid. I'm not a weirdo like that. You know, I want you to come up and just say, Hey, Tony Horton, I hate your yoga, but I love your Aberperex, whatever you want to tell me. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the yoga, but I'm a fan of everything else. <laughs> Remember, the yoga was there on purpose. I know. To, to everything else, the yoga allows your body to do everything else better. And it's also a critical piece to accessing uh, more muscle fiber um, and improving the quality of your tendons and ligaments. And helping you find some peace and quiet underneath under stressful conditions, kind of like life. Yoga session is a metaphor for your life. So I know after a yoga session, I'm I'm floating for 24 hours afterward. Other other workouts, I just feel kind of gassed and beat up. I still feel better, but there's something there's something special about yoga. And I don't know why other people who have fitness programs don't put it in. I, it's amazing to me. Maybe they hate it as, as much as most people, but I. And I don't love it either. Like I walk into a yoga class the first 15 minutes. Oh, get me out of here. But about that 20 minute, 25 minute mark, everything changes. And it's, that's, that's why it's so powerful. Well, when I hop on stage, like you said, I'm allowed to do, we can downward dog together. Done. <laughs> we'll, leave up dog. We'll, even, we'll even warrior three that thing. Oh, right? yes. All right. <laughs> we got a plan. Done. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Looking forward to seeing you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thank you. Bye.